0: Support for the WSHU podcast Off the Path comes from Au Pair in America, cultural exchange childcare for more than 30 years, opairinamerica.com.
1: How did Atlantic City end up as the inspiration for all those place names in Monopoly, Marvin Gardens, Park Place, the Boardwalk? It's a tale of race and social conflict you'd never suspect when you sit down to play one of America's most famous board games. I'm Davis Donovan, back with Season 5 of Off the Path from New York to Boston. But we're veering off the usual path for a few episodes to New Jersey. First, we start with a bit of historical setup. Mary Pilon is the author of The Monopolists, a book about the hidden history of Monopoly. She says a lot of people think the game originated in the 1930s from a man who sold it to Parker Brothers but its predecessor was actually patented decades earlier, in 1904, by Elizabeth McGee.
0: Liz McGee was a really fascinating person.
1: She was born into an abolitionist family in Illinois. She was an early advocate for women's suffrage and racial equality. She wrote poetry and short stories and performed in theatrical plays. And she was very outspoken at a
0: time when that wasn't quite accepted by the mainstream as a thing that women should do.
1: And she creates games. McGee used one of those games to promote an economic ideology called Georgism, named after Henry George, a 19th century economist and social reformer. Georgism is kind of complicated, but it's the idea that land should belong equally to everyone. McGee called her game the landlord's game.
0: And when you look at the board, you see a lot of today's Monopoly board in it. The circular design, you go around and around and around. Instead of free parking, you know, obviously cars aren't as big of a deal in 1904, so you have free park.
1: Georgists liked the idea of having lots of shared public spaces. And McGee put something else on her board game as a form of social commentary.
0: You see the railroads. You know, in 1904, the railroad barons were a huge news story. There was this amount of wealth being created in this country that hadn't really occurred in that way. And there are a lot of questions around how should that be distributed? How
1: should we tax people? Elizabeth McGee set up the game so you could play it two ways. The monopolist way, like the version we know today, where you gather up as much property as you can and other players pay you rent. And the Georgist way, where the goal was to work together and share resources so everyone had enough to get by. And it's the monopolist
0: version of her game that really starts to take off, which I've always thought was fascinating that you have these people who are anti-monopolist in their political practices, but when it comes to the game they wanna play, they're very interested in clobbering each other.
1: Mary says Elizabeth McGee's game spread around the US.
0: People localized the board, so you would make your own version of the landlord's game and you would infuse the properties or things in your area and community as you were playing it.
1: One area where it spread was the Northeast among what Mary calls a who's who of left-wing America. that's how the game found its way to the New Jersey shore.
0: And Atlantic City in the late 1920s and early 1930s is a really fascinating place. It's kind of like New York and Philly, uh, a hub for immigrants and a lot of different political groups and a lot of different thinkers, religions, etc.
1: Among them, members of the Society of Friends.
0: Quakers. The Atlantic City Quakers make some modifications to the game to make it easier to play with kids. They put fixed prices on the board. They obviously add Atlantic City property names because, like other players at the time, they wanted it to
1: mimic their community. A bunch of game designers tried to sell their own versions despite McGee's patent, including Charles Darrow. He learned the game from an Atlantic City resident, then sold his slightly modified version to Parker Brothers in 1934. Mary says no one knows why Elizabeth McGee's patent was ignored, but Darrow got credit as the game's inventor. The Monopoly board hasn't changed much since the Parker Brothers game debuted, but Atlantic City has, except for the famous boardwalk. The shoreline is dominated by high-rise buildings, many once-housed casinos that started to spring up in the 1970s. It's a beautiful Saturday afternoon in the middle of the summer. The boardwalk is crowded with families and groups of friends. There are shops selling chintzy t-shirts and souvenirs. I find on the boardwalk a green street sign that says Park Place. That makes this spot the intersection between the two most expensive properties on the Monopoly board. That's news to some tourists, like Arya Hussein. She's here with her family.
2: I didn't even know that. I didn't even notice. I did notice there was like Mississippi and I was like, that does sound familiar.
1: Do you like Monopoly?
2: I get angry while playing. <laughs> I'm a big negotiator. So it's like if I want something, like especially the railways, I'm like, you got to give it to me.
1: I head up to the Atlantic City Free Public Library on the corner of Atlantic Avenue. That'll cost me $260 and Tennessee Avenue, another 180. Jacqueline Silver-Murillo is an archivist and a fourth generation resident.
2: You know, Atlantic City is in my blood. I grew up, you know, by the shore and I was here a little bit after the casinos got here in 78. I love Atlantic City. It it has changed Mm -hmm. significantly since I was younger.
1: Jacqueline says most of us are likely to associate Monopoly with the design from the 1980s, but the library has older versions like an original Parker Brothers version from 1935.
2: This is the board. The board was wood. It wasn't the cardboard that we have now. I usually don't take this out because it's so old and
1: it's starting to fall apart. Jacqueline says Atlantic City was in a heyday in the 1930s. The boardwalk had famous hotels and jazz clubs and gangsters. It was the era of Boardwalk Empire, the, the HBO show set in Atlantic City. The producers consulted her library for details, by the way.
2: It was the place to go. Boardwalk had the beach. It had its clubs. So it was the place to come. Of course, it had its other side, like the mob, speakeasies, and the underbelly. Every city has it. It was also segregated.
1: Jacqueline's family lived that segregation for decades.
2: We were Kentucky Avenue. We were North Side. North Side was the segregated, where all African-Americans lived, where my grandma, my great-grandma, my uncles and my aunts lived.
1: Kentucky Avenue was home to a thriving black business district, but it's still worth only a little more than half of Boardwalk's $400 on the Monopoly board. And low-income areas like Mediterranean and Baltic avenues are the cheapest properties on the board, just $60 each. Author Mary Pilon says the Monopoly board is a record of Atlantic City's history of segregation.
0: It very much mimics the cartography of the town at the time. You had very
1: strong color lines drawn at hotels and beaches. Atlantic City was a quarter black in the thirties, but the most expensive spots, boardwalk and park place, were almost exclusively white.
0: And at the time, the twenties and thirties, these were incredibly segregated places. With the exception of a few performers, you were not allowed to be there if you
1: were black. Today, Atlantic City has some of the highest income inequality in the country, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. Monopolist's author Mary Pilon says part of this town's history is oddly preserved in a game because of happenstance. People actually believed for decades that monopoly was invented in Atlantic City.
0: So I think it's interesting that the myth making is very central to that too, but that's also part of Atlantic City, right? Like Atlantic City is very much about fantasy. At its peak, really, it was about aspiration and there was something kind of dreamlike to it. So I guess in a way that's fitting
1: as well. Elizabeth McGee was finally revealed as the game's initial inventor in the 1970s. Another inventor was fighting a lawsuit over his game called Anti-Monopoly, a satire that sought to bring the game back to its Georgist roots. His research led him to Elizabeth McGee. But even after that revelation, Parker Brothers maintains Charles Darrow invented the present-day game. This is the detour season of Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan, usually on the road from New York to Boston, but spending a little time in the Garden State. Next time, I head up the coast to pursue another dream on another New Jersey boardwalk. One resident made the ultimate tribute to one of the state's favorite sons. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars.